What's going on, beautiful people? I hope that wherever you are on this planet, you're doing fantastic. I'm sending you all of my love, well wishes, good vibes your way, wishing you all of the best. We've got a phenomenal episode of the show for you today. We have Robert Michael on, and we are talking about law, justice, freedom, understanding, and empowerment. Uh, this is a very important episode. We go into a lot of detail in understanding the law, the idea of freedom, how our system uh, operates, and the more we can uncover this deception, the more power we have. So we talk about the origins of common law, the role of the Vatican, uh, bringing your own jury, a coercive slave, and what that means, understanding law, birth versus nativity, the significance of your birth registration and significant, uh, why all law is legal theory. We talk about uh, the Vatican shape being a key and lock from an aerial view, the Sistine Chapel, the the Triple Crown, uh, the work of Rudolf Steiner, uh, law and equity, uh, why USA is a trust uh, and not a, a, why USA is a trust and uh, is a corporation and uh, going into the spiritual side. What is it? What are the solutions? How we can have no fear and uh, really navigating this realm. So this is a really powerful episode. Uh, it's very important. Robert has some incredible resources on his website. So a lot of people are wanting to check that out. So feel free to do that. If you want to support the show, please share it as far and as wide as you can. Leave a review. We're overcoming censorship, but they're literally getting me on every platform. Deleted, shadow banned. It's, uh, it's kind of challenging. So really requires your support to get the word out there to get these amazing messages and amazing teachers out there um, you can visit me on telegram t.me forward slash matt belair um, this show is also bought, brought to you by our new sponsor the good inside pure body extra it's a heavy metal detox using the power of zeolite there's a lot of resources and studies on that i did a lot of research before accepting this sponsor they're amazing and uh, give them a try if you go to the goodinside.com forward slash matt b m-a-t-t-b you'll be able to get a bottle for $50 off or five bucks. It is a limited time. Uh, so it's either going to be $13, I believe, or $5. Either way, it's very inexpensive to start the process of a heavy metal detox. And I also recommend doing it with uh, some, you know, looking up a few details on how to do a heavy metal detox so apple cider vinegar and there's some foods that help as well so just really go for it but that's going to help you because it's a very very effective tool really easy to use and uh you know it, when you understand what's in the foods you're really going to want to uh, go ahead and do that so uh and for those of you guys who are really wanting to make a difference in this world you want more cl- clarity and power for living your life purpose uh maybe you want to go from a job to a vocation or you want to architect your reality on purpose or you're looking for just more empowerment and more community hit me up at mattbelair.com forward slash coaching there are tons of resources for for you from the soul compass to one-on-one coaching to group coaching there are some phenomenal resources to help you really get clear on who you are who you came here to be what your life purpose is and applying all these mindset peak performance and spiritual techniques to be able to manifest that reality in a very powerful way so if that's interesting hit me up would love to support you um uh, or you could just go through the quantum heart hypnosis or the soul compass very powerful things um thank you to all my supporters uh go to mattbelair.com sign up and become a member if you can you can do so for free or by donation um if you need a free link just go to mattbelair.com or matt at zenathlete.com and i'll send you a link Uh, so that's it remember to do three kind acts wherever you are in the world today it's the best way to support the show and let's just get ready to dive in so wherever you are in this world just stop what you're doing take in a deep breath in through your nose hold that breath 
and let it out slowly, filling every cell, muscle, and fiber of your being with peace, joy, contentment, empowerment, and ready to take on this absolutely epic episode with Robert Michael. Hello and welcome to the Mastermind Body and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matt Belair. As you know, we are are overcoming extreme censorship. If you want to support this show, please share it far and wide. Um, But most importantly, consider doing three kind acts wherever you are in the world today. Today's guest began his journey of purpose in 2009 after the housing market tanked, taking his father's business and his parents' home with it. For the past 12 years, he has worked with hundreds of people across a wide variety of legal issues by exposing the root cause of all legal issues, which begins at birth through the voluntary human economic slave system. He directs his clients to be proactive and to secure their divine inheritance, thereby legally foreclosing any would-be state and federal intruders from making a claim and applying their millions of statutes, codes, rules, regulations, mandates, and so on. He mandates, or he maintains, we are all here for the evolution of our souls and this planet together, the evil and the righteous. Welcome to the show, Robert Michael. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Appreciate all the work you're doing as well. And uh, thank you for having me so we can, you know, bring more knowledge to people. Essentially, that's really what's important here. Oh man, well, I'm, I'm so excited to have you on the show. You know, we interviewed once for the uh, Choose Freedom Law Summit, so I highly invite uh, people go check that out. The reason why we we did that is because we realized the law was so important for all of these different things that was happening. The general public is not armed for the basic understanding of what's going on here. Like, how can they shut down businesses and now force vaccines and, you know, make you wear a mask like everywhere. It's like, what is going on? And you start picking it away and you kind of realize it's a little bit of a wizard of Oz system, but it can be very confusing as well. You know, as you, as you start to dive into the journey and you're trying to wrap your head around it. Um, But in this search, we interviewed you and uh, you know, your knowledge is absolutely incredible. And uh, you even got shout out from Dr. Bear Lando, who's been in the law game for uh, a long time with his friends. And they said, you know, he really knows his stuff. He came to the same conclusions that we had years ago. And so, you know, it's been a pleasure to um, learn from you and and share your work. And now you're in a real life scenario and you're going to kind of use it as a teaching tool. So, you know, there's so many different things that we could, we could go down and I'd just love for you to share a little bit about your background and work and some of the framework you talk, talk about, and then we'll talk about your current situation and whatever you feel is most important. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so background, geez, that could take us down a lot of rabbit holes, as you know. Um, I grew up uh, in, a, in a pretty humble town, you know, um, lower middle class, pretty much next to poor for the most part. Um, hated school. You know, I wasn't one of those kids that, that enjoyed school, nor did I see excelling in it as a way to be successful in life. Um, it just was the way things were, you know, I had no idea. So when I was 16, my father said, well, you're going to learn a trade because clearly you don't want to be in school. So he took me out of school and he put me in his work van and I began carpentry. Actually, I began carpentry a few years prior to that when I was 12, but I, um, start, you know, I, I did it full time at the age of 16 and uh, just went from there. I got my GED and then I went and then it wasn't until I was about 20 that I realized, wow, I love to learn stuff. Like 
but I don't like the way it was done in school. So I put myself into a community college because I figured, well, time has passed. I have this new love of learning. Let me get back in the, you know, the, the game. So I go into community college and I'm acing all my classes. Now, now I was a DF student for I can't even tell you probably since fifth grade, just because I didn't want to apply myself. I, I hated school. But once I got into, once I got my GD, went to community college, I was pretty much acing every class. And I said, you know, this still isn't it for me. So then I went and I, you know, stayed with carpentry and music. I got really good at, at playing uh, the bass and I was very good at that. So I played a lot of bands and stuff. And then um, I was still doing carpentry. So I was moonlighting as a musician. Had no idea that I would ever be in the position I'm in and not so much a position, but where I am in life today. Um, but who really does, right? So around 2009, as my bio uh, that you that you stated says, it's you know, my, the, the housing bubble burst in, in 2008, my parents lost their home and I knew something wasn't right. They knew something wasn't right. They, they had come from, you know, uh, near poverty, practically all the way up and, and had built a beautiful life, um, for themselves. And all of a sudden it was all swiped out from underneath them. So my mother being the warrior that she is, is like, Oh hell no, we're not going to have this. You know, she started uh, battling her, her foreclosure with my father. And she was seeing a lot of conspiracy theory stuff online, right back in 2008, 2009. And, and I wasn't having it. I was like, oh, I'm not buying that mom, you know? And, and my dad <laughs> totally gave up. He quit. He said, I'm done. You know, I, I'm, I'm going to, forget the government, forget everybody. They, they've, they've robbed us and raped us all this time. My dad was working since the age of nine to help his family because they were poor. Wow. And, um, and yeah, and he's the most honest man um, that I've ever met, you know, hardworking and a fierce protector. Like my dad, a little, little guy was never afraid of anyone. Like he would grab you by the throat in a heartbeat. He will still do it today <laughs> in his sixties. He does not, he's not afraid of anyone. Um, so I had these parents that were saying, we're done, we're, we're, you know, we're pushing the envelope. And my mom started to get forensic accounting and stuff done on her mortgage note, finding out that the mortgage was um, that, that they sold her note for, I think it was somewhere in the millions. Now the house was, I think around 500,000 when they, when they bought it, the property, but they had made millions off of her note. And that's when it started to dawn on me, wait a minute. Why are they paying a mortgage? Why is anybody paying a mortgage? Because within the first year or two, they've already made, not even within the first year, within the first few months, they've already made all the money off of this note to pay for the house. So why are you paying for the house? So it, it started to trigger me to, okay, I want to make a change and I don't want to use the voting system to do it because to me, registering the vote and putting these criminals in place is not really helping anything. I mean, clearly we've been at this for thousands of years and it, that's not the way to go. So I started getting into groups that were restoring the public, Republic, okay, in, in the United States of America, the Republic is, you know, assumed vacant and all this stuff. So we were doing grand juries and all this thing back in like 2009, 2010, around 2011, I started to discover that the group wasn't quite on the up and up. There were infiltrators. It was falling apart. There was infighting, you know, all this stuff. And I said, yeah, I'm out. So, but I didn't want to stop my journey in that couple years time when I was with that group, 
there was something that forced me to, well, it was an argument, actually. I was, I was in an argument with one of the other group members who was trying to tear the group apart. And I was saying, no, 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 you know, you're not going to tear this group apart. We're, we're doing things according to common law and all this stuff. And I wanted to know in common law, how would I handle this? So someone turned me on to a website uh, by Bill Thornton called uh, 1215.org. And I started to learn the common law. From there, that's where my real journey began. I got so deep into it. And this guy that was my, uh, you know, enemy, if you will, I, like I wanted to take this guy out it, with knowledge, right, was the best teacher I've ever had. Because without him pushing me to want to shut him down, I would have not have learned nearly what I know, or I wouldn't even have gotten started, right? That was my first education in love your brother, even if they're evil, because they're pushing you to do what you need to do to expand. That's why this is not necessarily so much a war as much as it is an education. So that guy pushed me. I began to learn common law. Now I've gotten way, way deeper than common law. Common law is not the answer. Um, common law, actually, if you get into it, was uh, common law was established by the Magna Carta, which is the great charter of 1215. And it was established under threat and duress because the nobles who were the knights, who were the military, they're the ones that established the law for them. They didn't establish it for the peasants. It wasn't law. Common law was not meant for the peasants. It was meant for the nobility. Okay. And they forced King John at the, you know, the end of their swords to sign this thing, which was you know, we say it today. Well, you can't get me to sign a contract under threat and duress. Well, then how could you establish the common law the same way? Right. So to me, that doesn't. And then the Pope came in and nullified. There's all this stuff around that. That's more history. But anyway, I began to see that the Vatican and the banks and all they're playing a bigger role. And I knew that common law wasn't the only way to handle that. So I to back up a little bit under the common law, I was going into court and opening court, my court in their court at the same time with people who wanted me to help them with their foreclosures or whatever, you know, legal matters they had, they have, would have court coming up. Hey, can you help me? Sure. I'll help you because I need to experiment with these theories and make sure that they're real. Right. And the only way to do that is to put it to the test. So I would show up as their counsel, right? Unlicensed attorney, not, not an attorney. I, sorry. I would never say the word that I was ever an attorney or ever want to uh, pretend that I was an attorney. I was their counsel and there's a difference, right? So in the law, words are everything. The legal language is a completely separate language. So you have to understand that they're using a forked tongue language. You think they're saying one thing when they're really saying another. Counsel, attorney, and lawyer are not synonymous. They can be used interchangeably because one can be all three, but each of them are separate. Okay. So it's like when I have a corporation, I can be the president, the secretary, and the manager all at the same time. All I have to do is change my hat. However, the president is different by definition. The secretary is different by definition. And so is the manager. Same thing with attorney, counsel, and uh, lawyer, right? So I would go into court for these people and I would be their counsel. And the judge would try to, you know, who are you? What are you doing? You need a license to practice law. And I'd have to, 
catch all of these things he's saying and throw it back at him. Nope, nope, wrong, 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 wrong. And if you tried to come at me and have your marshals here do anything to me, I'm going to sue everyone and you will be sued and, and the state will go down for it. So they would all back off. There were times where I had 10 marshals surrounding me in the courtroom, you know, threatening me, you better get out of here, rah, 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 but they wouldn't touch me. And I, I would always think ahead. I would have a stack of notices ready because I knew, I mean, come on, this guy is going to go into this courtroom and he's going to play this role. What do you think they're going to do? They're going to try to arrest you. So you better be ready. Right. So I'd have all my documents ready. I always brought 12 or more witnesses. Right. Thank you, Jesus, for that note. Right. Give me 12 or more witnesses. That was, uh, you know, coming out of the Bible. So really you only need two or more, but I would bring 12. Right. Because now I had a jury. So I'd bring a jury with me. Okay. And we would go into these courtrooms and it was just, I mean, the judges were flipping out, man. They, they had no power. I would immediately, you know, just strip them of their power. That was my first thing. How do I strip these courts of their power? But, well, it's not very hard for people that are listening. It's really not hard. What is hard is when you're by yourself, then it becomes a lot harder. But when you do have people with you, power in numbers, and you let them know my jury is right behind me. Okay. I am the king. For those people that study common law, and I know this is kind of getting into some of the detail and, and getting off track, but I just want people to have a background of what, what my thinking's like and how I got into all this and where I came, uh, how I got where I am today. You know, in the common law, if you look up uh, the word court in Black's Law Dictionary, the fourth edition of Black's Law Dictionary, there's an international definition of the word court. Now, it's not in the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth editions. It's only in the fourth. And it says, international law, a court is a person in suit of the sovereign. What they're saying is, in the international law, a person, it could be, you know, a government uh, is a person, you know, a corporation is a person, so on and so forth. But a person has a suit on of a king, and they are the court. And wherever they sojourn with their retinue, right, with their regal retinue. So I was like, whoa, wait a minute. We're in international law here because the United States of America is not the United States. And for people that don't understand that, that's, that's the truth. Yes, we could get into that in another conversation, but it's not. They're two separate places. So there's an international issue going on here. You have a nation of the United States of America, and you have a management company called the United States, which only resides in Washington, D.C., in those areas that it's given itself jurisdiction over. But it doesn't have jurisdiction in the United States of America, only in certain circumstances. So I put all this together, and that was the basis of me going into these courtrooms. And it was blowing these guys up, man. I mean, judges were getting off the bench and running. In. We need to take a quick recess. And he would jump off the bench and run into the back. And then they would come back out and they'd sit at the bench and like the clerks would be handing them post-it notes and he'd be flipping through while he's trying to hear the other cases while we're sitting down because he's trying to figure out how the hell do I get this guy out of here? He couldn't. I had a right to be there. I'm a member of the public. So that was in 2013, 12 and 13. And then I started getting into my spiritual power over the ecclesiastic power, which they say there's a separation of church and state, but that's actually a lie. Church is state. 
And anyone that's read about Justinian the first, Justinian the first was blending those two. Okay. He's the one that basically wrote our civil law today is what all this law structure is under. So all that culminated into getting into the Vatican and what they're doing. Because if you read about Rome, when Justinian reorganized the empire, which we're still under today, by the way, everybody is under the empire. When he reorganized that, what he did was he wanted it to be more like what Jesus was teaching. He wanted it to be church and state and not separate, honestly, when you read it. And the church didn't like that because he was in there rooting out all the the corruption. Okay. Justinian came in, started rooting out all the corruption in the empire, and they didn't like that. And they today, still to this day, they don't like that. Right. So we fast forward all this time and it's almost like, have we really gotten anywhere in 2000 years? You know, because it doesn't seem like it, but we have. And we're now getting to the point where we're going to get rid of that. Uh, old system, old way of thinking, old way of governance, because look at what they're doing to us. So we'll get into some practical matters too, as to what they're, what they're doing to us and why, and why everybody is under these threats and what is coming down the pipeline. But that's a basis for where I started. And after I found out this Vatican stuff, I was on their radar. So they trumped up a story. They threw me in, they had me arrested. Right. Um, I was never charged. Uh, I was I shouldn't say I was never charged, but I never had a hearing. Um, I spent two years on a bond and never had a hearing for the whole thing. I spent seven months in jail fighting extradition from one state to another. But that had nothing to do with the reason I was being charged, which was a complete false narrative. It was a frame job. And they got busted in the end because I used the birth certificate, wiped the whole thing out. So. They actually, again, they provided me a way to expand this knowledge, even though it was painful. I lost everything. I spent seven months in jail, I, you know, but they gave me an opportunity to expand. And that came with the idea of the root cause of this entire thing, right, which is the economic slave system. And how does that happen? Where does that happen? Why does that happen? They gave me what I needed to work on it. And that's where we are today. And it's, it's really been amazing. And yes, I have landed directly in the face of the Vatican. They know who I am. They've seen me on national TV. They saw me at the Detroit bankruptcy, wearing their seal, stealing their thunder, saying I am superior to these guys. Um, and they're superior to you guys, United States. And, and I am here to say that you're not going to do this. And anyone that does do this is going to be held uh, for war crimes or crimes against humanity. They didn't like that. So that's where the whole, well, we need to throw this guy in jail with the other guy that I was with, James McBride, who's now passed. Um, and that's when it really started to kick into overdrive for me about who I really am, what I've come here to do, and that it's just not something I can stop uh, doing. It's just who I am and it's what I'm here to do. So that brings us up to today. You know, that was 2013, 14, I got out. 15, 16, I studied 16. I wiped the charges out with a birth certificate. That's when the light bulb went off that of what we need to do. And then here we are today, still, still working on it with a very similar incident that just recently happened, which again, I'm like, oh my God, they just gave me an amazing opportunity. They arrested me again. 
<laughs> so that's where we are today. Holy crap, man. Well, I didn't know about the, the Vatican story and I kind of want to like um, <clears throat> dive into that. It's, it's interesting. You know, I'm very new to this and I've interviewed a bunch of people and it's, it's so fascinating to know that law is a spiritual, uh, it's a spiritual journey. It's a spiritual endeavor. And we were just interviewing Dolores, Professor Dolores Cahill. And she said, you know, I switched my view from law to justice. You know, it, it makes more sense. You know, it's, it is about good and evil and we know the difference, right? Mm -hmm. And so all these kind of fictitious structures that they have, we can wipe them out. You know, she talked about the 12 people and, and the juries and the things like that, the common law court. So there's a lot of fascinating ideas. And even if you're new to this, the one thing that I've learned is that you don't have to do it together or you don't have to do it alone. You can do it together. Um, so there's going to be people that can help you. We already have a lot of law groups um, coming together and really the premise is spiritual uh, jurisdiction. You know, we had Cal Washington, he's been on the show and you can watch that interview. And he just talks about, you know, the jurisdictions and what you were saying about, you know, the United States of America versus the corporate, you know, United States. And so you think you'll be in the Republic and you'll bring in the, the charter or whatever, now it's Canada charter, the declaration. And it's like, mm -hmm. well, that, that has no business here. And people are like, well, what do you mean? It's like, cause you're in the corporation. You're not outside of that. But what he also said is he believes that there's higher spiritual jurisdictions that kind of govern every lower one. So every lower jurisdiction has to obey the higher jurisdiction. And mm -hmm. the higher jurisdictions are cooperative. They're spiritual. They, they also know the difference between right and wrong. And then it gets weird into like the whole consent-based because it seems like very, uh, you know, so I'm curious – I'll ask you directly if, if you think it's a consent-based system. And, and so it seems that people believe that, but then I get, we, I'm like, well, this, you know, vaccinating 12 years old doesn't seem like consent. It's all coercive. And so it's like, they're, they're, they're kind of blurring the lines a little bit, right? When you take the vax right now, you got to consent. So that's obvious, but what about the 12 year olds? What about all these other things? And so I hope that the higher jurisdictions will sort that out. And also there will be um, some sort of remedy for those good people who are, um, they just can't fathom that people would, would say these are safe and they're not, right? They can't imagine people are out there trying to take everything from them. That's a, a challenging thought good people have, right? They can't imagine somebody is literally designing something so they take everything from them because they, they, they're good. And so mm -hmm. I hope there's a remedy. So that's kind of a side note. But um, where do you think we should focus on this? Do you think we should focus um, on your current situation and extrapolate from there? Or do you think we should go um, another way like, deconstructing the system a little bit, whatever you think is, is. Yeah. I think for people watching my situation is, is an anecdote to deconstructing the system. So it's probably better that we focus on that. And then my situation could be used as examples. So um, just like you said, consent. Okay. That is very important. Remember the world abolished slavery and the only way they can have slavery is by and it's no clearer than in our constitution here, because it says in the 13th Amendment that there shall be no involuntary servitude. Involuntary servitude. Look at the words. Okay, now let's ask ourselves what words are not there. Voluntary servitude. So it's against the law for involuntary servitude, but it's completely lawful to have voluntary servitude because that's not written in, the, in their law. Let's call it their law, right? It's not written in the express law that you can have voluntary servitude. So that means it's fair game. It's just like if they come to me and say, you're driving uh, you know, a, um, a motor vehicle, I say, no, I'm not. I'm actually 
moving freely in my mobility conveyance. That's not written in your law. Where's the mobility conveyance? Where is that? Can you explain to me what the definite, because we have a misunderstanding now, right? It's the same thing with voluntary and involuntary slavery. So earlier when you said, you know, that, that there are people out there saying this is a system of consent, that is absolutely correct. And you were also correct in saying, but it seems coercive because that is correct. You are forced to volunteer your slavery. You are forced to consent. And here's where they get you in the spiritual hierarchy of jurisdiction. We gave them notice. They have notice. They're just not acting upon their own right to not consent. And the spiritual jurisdiction looks and goes, well, they're right. These guys got movies and they got commercials and they got, you know, all this stuff that's giving them full disclosure. They've got the laws all written out. And well, hey, sorry, guys, you know, you think it's forced and coercive, but it's really not because you're not standing in your faith. You're not standing in your power and saying, no, you're not going to do this to me anymore. You're just bowing down and taking it. Okay, and then there's people that say, how dare you say that? Because we're not bowing down. They're, you know, they're making us do this. Okay, they are, but you have to get knowledgeable and go back to the root consent. That's where I go anyway. I'm not saying anybody has to do this, by the way. I'm just using that terminology. Where I go is, well, where is the root consent? Well, it's at birth, right? Everything takes place at the day of nativity not birth. The birth and nativity are two different things. Your day of nativity, you are sold into slavery. Thank you, mom and dad. They didn't know any better, but that's what they did. So that's why I always go back to the birth registration. People say the birth certificate, the birth, it's actually the birth registration. That's really the main thing. What was Mary and Joseph doing while, when she was pregnant? Where were they going? They were going to have to, to, the census to to get Jesus registered to for themselves to the census to be registered. Just read the Bible. It says they're going to um, wherever it was, Jerusalem or whatever, to to for the census. The census. So that's the same thing we have today. Your that's your first voluntary step. Your next voluntary step is to affirm that over and over and over. Are you a citizen? Yes. You know, what's your name? Oh, it's this name. No, actually, that's not your name. Because in the law, we don't have first, middle, and last names. There is no such thing as a first, middle, and last name for a living man or woman. It just doesn't happen. You have a given name and you have a surname. Just like in my case recently, which I'll touch on now because it will be good anecdote stuff. Recently, I was pulled over on the side of the road for what they said was speeding. Now, there's a lot of people out there that say, well, you can't have a driver's license. That ties you into the system. But, but you have a right not to have one and you have a right not to have tags. And all. Very true. Totally agree. No plates as well? No plates, nothing. I've already done it. They've taken the car. But we've gone to the... You know, the, the, actually, there's a video on my YouTube where you can hear the whole thing. We went in New Jersey. We, we got everything back, smacked the whole court around, said, no, 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 this is private property. And the state of New Jersey stole the property, give it back to us. And sure enough, a month later, they gave everything back with an apology. OK, when we had our own tags, our own registration, our own ID, everything. Right. First, they said it was illegal. Then they said, oops, sorry, you're right. It's not illegal. It's totally lawful. Thank you. And we, we got it all back. So I already I believe in all that. That was 2013. However, 
I chose not to go that route because I have a son and I did. And my son was there when I got arrested in 2013 and it was very traumatic. He was seven years old. There were six armed marshals, four or six armed marshals, at, uh, you know, and, and it was scary to him. So I didn't want him to have to go through this experience again. So I said, I, I'm not going to drive around without tags on, but, but I know how to manage the license situation. I know how to manage my government contracts. Now I know how to reserve my rights under any contract. So I did on my, my license. So anyway, just recently we got pulled over heading to, uh, the big idea, um, seminar with, uh, Ali and, and Alex Zek. And, um, we were driving through Kansas. They pulled me over for speeding in my girlfriend's car. Now she has the car. It's registered in her name. I do have a license still. But again, I know that doesn't the license does not negate my right to free travel. So, of course, when the officer comes up, he wants first thing he says is, you know, license registration. Right. And I said, well, I'm sorry, sir. I can't give that to you. I'm without counsel. Am I under arrest? No, you're not under arrest. OK, well, I'm not moving. Am I free to go? No, you're not free to go. Well, then I'm under custodial arrest and this is an investigation. And. It's my understanding that you pull, and I didn't say this to him, but this is what's going on. It's my understanding that you pulled me over as an organization collecting revenue. You're not, I didn't break the law. There's no, you know, there's no crime in going over the speed limit. A crime is when there's an injured party and the intent to injure and either their property or them physically. None of that took place. And if you read the law, it says that speeding is an infraction. An infraction is a contractual uh, breaking, so to speak, breaking the contract. It's an infraction. It's a fine for breaking the contract. It's not a crime. So go ahead. So, so my understanding is all acts, statutes, and codes do not apply to living men and women, and you'll never find the word, word man or woman in a statute. So if it's an actual crime, there needs to be an injured party on the other side. So whether you're not wearing a mask or you, know, you roll a stop sign, it's not a crime. You need to hurt someone. But it doesn't mean you drive recklessly because that's, that's not honorable. You stay right. in honor. You're a person of honor and integrity. But if that sign says you know, 100 and you're doing 130 and it's wide open, you can do that. You know what I mean? Now yeah. if you drive recklessly and harm someone, well, then you're going to be held accountable. That's a whole different thing. Absolutely. And I never drive recklessly. I'm always around the speed limit just because it's smart to drive safe. Like, hello, you know, it's kind of like the helmet law. I see all these guys riding their motorcycles because the law, the law says the statute says they don't need a helmet. Well, is that smart? No, that's stupid. <laughs> but you think you have freedom to do that. And really, let's clarify that a little bit. It's not that the codes and statutes do not apply to men and women. Of course they do. That's why I stay away from some of these interpretations. They apply to men and women when the man and woman is in the contract. Mm. That's the difference. The difference is contractual. It's not whether I'm a man or a woman and, the, and, your, and your laws say person, not man or woman, because they'll go, well, natural person is, is a man or a woman, right? They'll shut you right down on that. So you really have to be careful about how these things are interpreted. The codes and statutes are contract law for the organization that created them and for their employees. So it can apply to men and women as long as we step up and agree to that, right? So the license is the contract that all those, the contract stipulations, the terms of the agreement are all those statutes and codes, right? So because I have this license, I've agreed to, but, but what I did, I reserved my rights. It clearly says on my license, I don't have a signature of my name. 
Okay. Signature is not your name. Signature in the law is a mark on the page. So my mark is without prejudice. That's the only thing on my license. So under the contract law, commercial law, any words like without prejudice, all rights reserved or things of similar import, reserve your common law rights under any contract. So all my rights are intact. Well, these guys don't know this when they pull me over. They've got no clue. They're not going to read that. And even if they do, they have no clue. So the officer and I get into going to a back and forth. And it took about uh, five more officers showed up. Uh, lieutenant was on the phone. You know, I'm going, I'm like, look, and I got my window cracked. This, but they're threatening to break the window, all this stuff. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not arguing. I'm not getting upset with them. I'm not like, screw you. Or I've got my rights. I'm like, no, I know my right. My right is to assert this. And I'm thinking in my mind, you guys are just trying to extract money from my hidden account that I am not author, not even my hidden account is an account hidden at birth, right? When they create the social security account and all. And I know it's there for a fact because I've already tested it. So people that say, oh, no, that doesn't exist. It sure as hell does because I've got proof of it. Okay. So uh, proof, not evidence, proof. So, um, I know that they're trying to get to that account. Well, the federal law, and it's tied to the social security. So federal law says, I don't have to give my social security number out to anyone who is tied to the treasury, which they all are, if you could tie it directly, which I can. So you need to give me three criteria. You're asking for my name. My, well, you're asking for my identification so you can um, charge this account. And I'm sorry, I can't let you do that. I'm under an investigation. I have a right to remain silent without counsel. I don't have counsel. I'm not answering any questions. Sorry, sir. I, I kept saying over and over. Sorry, sir. I can't give you that. I'm without counsel. Sorry, sir. I can't give you that. So we're going around and around. So finally, Lieutenant gets on the phone and he says, you're right. Absolutely uh, right. The only thing we need at a minimum is your name, birth date, and address. Well, again, those are the three things that tie that they can look at your financial records with or what's tied to your social security number, your individual master file with the IRS, all these things. So the, the so I said, and, and then the lieutenant tried to retract his statement and say, well, we need to see your license. I said, no, no, no. You said at a minimum, you need to see that those three criteria. You didn't say the license. And so I caught him in that. And he's always trying to backpedal. So finally, I hang up the phone with them. I said, you heard him at the officers at the window. I go, you heard. Now, this is all recorded. Everything's been recorded on video. And uh, so the officer says, what's your name? I said, Robert Michael. He said, well, was Michael your last name? I said, yes, it's the last name I was given. Absolutely. All right. Because I have a given name. I don't have a last name. I was given two names, Robert Michael. And he's like, oh, you know, well, what's your last name? I said, I don't have a last name. I have a surname. Well, what's your surname? I said, that's private. That belongs to the family. I can't give that out. It's a family name. That's not my name. It belongs to the family. It came down through a lineage. That's not my name. So, of course, he's getting frustrated. What's your birth date? I said, well, it, it happened sometime in August of 1975, but I can't give you the exact date. What do you mean you can't give me this? Oh, damn it. We need this information to, to charge you. I said, well, I can't give you that. If I were to tell you that I was particularly born, birth, nativity date of a specific date, that's perjury. I wasn't there. What do you mean you weren't there? You weren't at your own birth? No, I was there, but I wasn't cognizant of a calendar. I didn't know what time was. I didn't know. So you're wanting me to tell you a date that, that I affirm that I was there? That's perjury. I don't have, I wasn't a firsthand witness to that date. You know, I was incompetent at the time. 
that doesn't so they're you know they're flipping shit man you know what's your address well it's general delivery i received the mail general delivery well where do you live in my body and i travel through all different states i don't know what to tell you man you know i'm giving you the information you need it's not my problem if it doesn't fit your records it's not my problem so eventually they had enough they called another lieutenant the lieutenant comes in and uh he doesn't ask any questions. He just walks up and smashes the window, right? They pull me out, they arrest me and uh, they throw me in jail. Of course, they're holding me. They had a bond hearing and all, but this is a major opportunity because to them, they're arresting me for what, what are they trying to charge me with? Um, it's uh, interference with uh, a police officer or an officer of the state in his official duties, right? I'm saying... I didn't fear with anybody. I used the law. You know, what did Jesus say? I am here to fulfill the law. So I'm using the law and I'm protecting the estate that was created at birth that you guys have no clue is there. And all you want to do is charge, but you've been brainwashed to believe that you're doing the right thing by charging me. You know, this whole thing is totally wound up the wrong way on their side. So they're not expecting me to come in with what I'm coming into this, this case with. And it's going to, I mean, this is a little podunk town. Okay. It's one judge, one prosecutor that works part-time. That's how much, how little crime they have there. Right. And yeah, and they're good. And I was kind to everyone when I went into the jail that the under sheriff and the people that worked there kept thanking me over and over for being so kind for, you know, not giving them trouble for, I was like, I'm not here to give you trouble, man. I'm just here to fulfill the law. I'm not here to give you trouble. I even went back and bought them all pizza and everything after I bonded out, but gave them a thing, pizza, gave them a thank you card for taking care of me, you know, the whole bit. So they're screwed big time. Okay. So I say all that to go back to the conversation of consent and knowledge. I no longer consent. So the higher jurisdictions in the spiritual realm know he's now doing what he is supposed to do. And he has given them notice as to his realm of jurisdiction and his notice. So even in the higher realms, I'm protected. Because I know that I'm doing the right thing and I'm fulfilling the law. I didn't hurt anybody. I didn't harm anyone. All right. That's what I said to the officer. He goes, well, you could have. I said, well, could have doesn't mean that I did. So there's no crime. Right. So now I have an, an arraignment hearing on Tuesday and it's going to be pretty interesting. So what I do is I have documents that I offer people by my templates and all, and I have a legal theory, just like all these other guys out there do whatever documents they're using. Remember, if you study the law, and especially if you read legal encyclopedias that are in every uh, courthouse or every law library and, and most attorney's offices, the law is legal theory. It will tell you all law is legal theory, all of it. All right. So now you're going in and you're proving that your theory is is factual, essentially. So I build my legal theory off of certain documents that I record in the county. Now, I use that and I use a birth certificate and I don't go in arguing anything about what these guys are saying, because that's buying into the illusion. 
when you when you're in a court situation, you're arguing or when you're in any situation, you're arguing is saying that you agree to be in the illusion that they're making. When I say I'm not arguing with you, I'm fulfilling the law. I'm not bringing up any of this shit. I accept everything you say. And now I'm going to discharge it financially. Now there is no controversy and no one was harmed. So when I go in there for this thing, just like I've done with so many others and helping them, it's the same way. It's all about the financial obligation that the state is trying to impose and force me into involuntary servitude. I'm not there to argue whether I went over the speed limit or caused this officer interference in his official duties. I could give a shit less. That is, that's a total illusion. That's not what we're, what we're arguing is that this officer works for a corporation, which by the way, I have their Dun and Bradstreet report right here. It works for this corporation that has annual revenues of such and such, because it says right here in order to charge me so that the, the parent company, which is the state of Kansas, because it says on their Dun & Bradstreet report that they're the parent company, is trying to charge the social security account, which is, is not my account. The government owns it. That's a federal account. And you are trying to gain access to that account through me by making me break the law and giving you access to that account. I cannot give you access to that account without breaking the law. So I'm fulfilling the law. You call it interference. I call it the law. Right? This is what this knowledge is all about. When you know how the whole mechanism works, now you can begin to unwind it. And we need to do that on a larger level for this COVID thing and all that. We need to understand that the COVID thing is, number one, a cover-up. It's a cover-up for the financial uh, moves that they're making right now, which is, again, to enslave everyone even further. Every time they do one of these events, they enslave us further and further, but to what? To the financial system. That's why they'll take our food away. They'll take all this stuff away because they have to make it so that you need to rely on them for everything. And that's why we're in the position we're in today. So it's financial. Okay. Yes, true. They're, they're killing people. They're creating camps and all that but it's financial, okay? They cannot survive without us. They can't. Somebody's got to cook their food, make their meals, build their cars, build their spaceships, do all this stuff. You know, somebody's got to do that for them. Their airplanes, uphold it. They can't do it by them. And they don't want to do it because number one, they're lazy, they're arrogant, and they probably couldn't turn a screw if you, if you showed them how to do it, you know, 10 times. They, they don't know anything other than how to enslave you. So. If we look at the financial system and we realize that the entire financial system is built off of your voluntary consent at birth <laughs> to become one of their slaves, we can go back to the root of birth and unwind the whole thing. And this is why you'll see a lot of people online, um, not why, but on the, there's a lot of people online who's, oh, you don't need all that shit. Well, actually, you do need that shit about your birth certificate and everything, because that is the root of the issue. So years ago, I stopped doing all the I've seen all these people online doing all these different laws things, you know, arguing, fighting, beating them up in courts, doing that. And granted, yes, I'm, I'm defending myself. I, I don't think that people should not defend themselves. I don't go around picking fights. What I do is defend myself 
in in a situation and then expand the ability for us all to be able to use a much simpler way to to resolve these issues so i'm in that process now with this case i'm using it as an expansion but it's going after the root when i saw all these processes online that people were doing i was watching people do them and they're not working and they're getting arrested and i said that's eh, not the way that i want to go i want to make sure i fully understand exactly what i'm doing and i want to focus on the root okay cancer is not caused by smoking cancer is not caused by eating bad it, you know cancer is caused by negative energy negative thoughts and you know and yes the food doesn't help and all that sure but the root cause of cancer is not going to be cured by chemotherapy and all this other shit it's going to be cured when you look at the root cause the same thing with what's going on right now. The root cause of everything is the financial system. And if you want to get on the radar and threaten these and, and be a threat, so to speak, I, I don't want to say that. It's not that I'm, I'm not trying to be threatening, but nothing threatens them more than that financial system collapsing on their end. See, they can collapse the financial system on our end all day long. That's what they want to do, right? They want to make us destitute so we can't, you know, we, we don't have any resources to be able to fight back. We don't want to fight back. We want to take the financial ability away from them to, to even do any of that. That starts at birth. So I hope all that makes sense. I know that's completely long and winded and all, but, but that's really where we're at, man, honestly. And we have to understand how to do that. Like we, the government, so let's explain that because maybe people are wondering, well, how in the hell, what the hell, you know, how does <laughs> this all work? Well, the governments don't have any money. Okay. They've never had money. The money has always been controlled by the banks. And when they, if, if they did have money, it was taken from the bank uh, by the banks. When the banks started lending them, um, well, not lending them, but the bank would say, hey, give us your gold. We'll hold that for you for an interest rate. The bankers created compound interest because, well, think about it. If I give you something, let's say I give you 20, 20 pieces of gold and you're charging me 6% to, just to hold it, nothing more than to keep it at your house, you're charging me 6%. Well, how long is it going to take until that 6% is now worth that $20 in gold? Not very long. That's all they did. And once the gold, the, the interest outweighed the gold, they own the country. Sorry, king. Sorry, queen. Sorry, sovereignty. You don't have anything. You gave it to us to hold. And well, you're, you're broke now because we've been holding it for you. And now you don't have any money because you owe us all the money to pay for the interest. Oh, duh. Right. And uh, king, queen's like, oh, geez, duh. I didn't, I didn't know that. Well, now you're subservient to us. So they do it to the next country and the next country and the next country. And this is how they've done it. Okay. And they are hoarding all the gold and all the actual, actual assets. When the country doesn't have any more gold and money to function, it has to get a loan from the guys that stole it. Well, what do you do in a situation when you have no money and you need a loan? You give collateral. Well, I'll give you property that you can have in case I don't pay you. And if I don't pay you, you could take the property. So what did the United States of America, Canada, Australia, England, all these other countries give as collateral to get loans? They gave your labor 
which is your soul, which is your energy, and your land or the land that they claim they owned. Those two things. Go to the Uniform Commercial Code and look at their, their UCC1 filing. It's either collateral as far as property of people or it's agricultural. You can do an agricultural lien because they own all the property. See, so now what we're dealing with here is they own everything, your soul and your property, which is why they can introduce COVID and say, screw you, we're going to do what we want, which is why those laws apply to you because those they don't apply to you. They apply to your property, your organization, your straw man, if you will, for those of you familiar with that term. They apply to all that under the contract that you originally agreed, to, which is not a contract. Let's back up. Under the agreement of pledging your stuff over when you were born and then at 18, you didn't retract that. So because you didn't retract that pledge, that agreement, it still stands. And they're able to do all of this stuff because you're under agreement. Now, people go, well, it's not a contract. It's not a contract. You need this and that for a contract. I totally agree. It's not a contract. It's an agreement. Agreements are different than contracts under the law. There's certain criteria. Contracts need certain criteria to be fulfilled. Got it. However, because of that agreement, when a law officer or somebody pulls you over, now he needs a contract, okay? Because in order to extract the money, they got to have a contract. That's where you get into the contract argument and all, and that's why it does work on, on that level when, when people are saying, well, you know, you bring up that there's no contract, things like that. So this is much bigger than just, um, you know, COVID and vaccines and, you know, big pharma and, Monsanto and all it's much bigger than that. It's about the harvesting of your soul. And that goes back to the Vatican. That's who really wants the harvesting of your soul. I I should say there's light and dark in everything. There's even light and dark within the Vatican system. Okay. For those of you that don't know, there's a black pope just as much as the white pope. Okay. The black pope is the Jesuit general. Just look it up, Google it. I mean, it's not a secret. He's the one that's in the private. You don't see him come out in the public because he's private. Right. The public is Pope Francis. He's the white pope. Okay. So that whole faction is what is in control of, of the ecclesiastic, the spiritual. That's why they have the cross keys of St. Peter. And if you look at the Vatican from an aerial view, just go online and Google aerial view of the Vatican, you'll see that. Uh, St. Peter's Square is, is a big key inside a lock, okay? The entire building is a key in a, with a lock. Yeah, just look at the aerial view. It's plain to see. It's blatant, okay? Bam, the serpent, right, which is the Satan, if you will, which to me was the, the fallen angels, the, thir- the, the um, 18 fallen angels. That's another story. But they're they're holding the keys of knowledge and if you go in the sistine chapel you can go in the sistine chapel um virtually there's a virtual tour you can go online you go in the sistine chapel 3d virtual tour and you can go through the door and you turn around and look up use the camera turn around look up above the door you will see the cross keys of saint peter right the keys that bind and loose that which is in heaven on earth and vice versa. The triple crown that they have, right? Which is how they built their monetary system with Rome, the city of London and Washington DC, the triple crown sits above the key. It's on their insignia, it's on their flags, right? That's what the Vatican has on their flags, Vatican city state. 
You'll see that above the door and just below it is an oak tree with acorns. Symbolism is so incredibly important because they're giving all of us notice. They're giving all of us disclosure. It's in symbols. It's in words and symbols, okay? The oak tree with the acorns is symbolizing. That is, that is a communist superior power symbol. We are the superior authority and no one gets to those keys because we're the superior authority with the oak tree and the, and the acorns on it, all right? Super important when you see oak leaves with acorns. Super important when you see oak leaves, but when the acorns are on it, it's even more powerful. Okay. They're saying we're the superior authority and we are holding these keys because we need to make sure that the earth is run the way that we're being divinely guided to run it. So these guys aren't bad. Okay. What they're saying is you don't have a right to the knowledge. Okay. You don't have that right because you're not waking up. But the minute you wake up and you have that knowledge, now you can challenge. Now I'm the one with the keys, not you. I have the gold and the silver key. That's why I use the, um, the lion on my website with the gold and the silver key. All right. That is their keys, by the way. I took it off of their emblem and you know rearranged it so that the lion's holding the keys. So it's super important. All of this ties together. And they're all in cahoots on it. There are factions within them that fight. Okay. So it's not just the Vatican. You've got, you know, the uh, Israel, right. Claiming to be the Israelites. They're claiming to be God's children. Couldn't be anything further from the truth. It's all just smoke and mirrors and bullshit because you and I are God's children. The ones who are standing up and saying, no, 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 we're not buying into your corporate flags, your patriotism, your, you know, fight for your freedom. We're not buying into that. Because God's children don't need to do that. God's children are protected because they follow their faith in all that is and trust that we're here to make great changes for this earth. We are God's children. You are not God's children. You're quite the opposite. You're the serpent's children, which is okay too. We don't hate the serpent. However, the serpent is no longer allowed to put its fangs in me anymore. You know, it's over. And I may have some of that serpent's DNA in me, but you know what? I've chosen to go to peace with that and become one with it and not fight it anymore. These, these are very important concepts to your freedom. Extremely important. Um, it was just brought to my attention, and I believe this firmly, that the if you get your Numadint report, I don't know what they call it in Canada, but here in the United States of America, they have, uh, it's called a Numadint, which is means number identifier, Numadint. And it's a Numadint report that you get from the Social Security Administration. And you can write them and tell them you want your Numadint, and they will give you, it's just a snapshot breakdown of your Social Security account. It's not like everything that's in your social security account or anything like that. It's just a snapshot. But when they certify it, they put two rivets in it and they tie a red ribbon. They put two rivets in the corner. If you've ever seen um, documents authenticated by the uh, sovereign entity, they usually have a rivet in the corner instead of a staple, right? It's a rivet and then there's a ribbon that comes through it and then they seal it. But why do they need two rivets on this document? If you're, it's only two pieces of paper. If you're going to rivet a document together, you only need one rivet. You could rivet, you know, 15, 20 pages together with one rivet. This has two right next to each other. And it's got a red ribbon that comes through it. Well, symbolism, snake bite, 
blood, right? Two holes. The snake, when it bites you, it leaves two holes, two rivets, and then there's a stream of blood that comes down and they seal it. The social, that's what that is symbolizing, okay? The social security number is symbolizing the fact that that is the mark of the beast. And we're all just using it every day because, well, we got to survive. And this is just the way things are. That's what people, this is just the way things are. It's just how they are today. No, it's not just how they are today. <laughs> you know? So that's, that's what we're up against, man. That's what's really going on here. Holy shit. But you know, <laughs> it's so, it's so <laughs> good. Like, um, wow, that's incredible. I appreciate all that. I'm reminded of a bunch of things I wrote down. So, um, you know, Rudolf Steiner, he has a great quote that I've been mentioning a lot that says, uh, anything that seeks to restrict or bind by definition is Luciferian, which I love. And he also had, um, cause he wanted to know if you're on the side of right or wrong, right? Like, am I wrong right. to do this? Right. He's like, well, am I trying to bind anybody? I'm trying to harm. No, I'm just trying to be free and peaceful, you know? Right. You know, but you're saying because I'm living and breathing, I'm causing harm. I was like, wait, that doesn't make any sense. Didn't like God breathe life into me. I was like, so now that's that's evil. Wow. And then you invert reality. That's basically Luciferianism and Satanism. You invert it um, and then confuse people. So I'm like, OK, that's helpful. Then I'm reminded of his other quote saying that they're they're working on a vaccine in the future that's going to drive the soul out of all men, mm. to make them soul less. And it, it does really seem like this harvesting of people. It's like your property. It, it's de it's defeating the soul. Like it's such a such a dark thing. And you look at the Vatican. And you go into all the weird stuff there, and that big creepy, you know, dark thing that's in there. You just look at it, and then the then the the great hall looks like a, a viper's head. Like it's the symbolism is all there. And you know, conspiracy theorists go nuts, but it's it's they, it's hidden in plain sight. It's everywhere, and and there has to be disclosure from mm -hmm. these people right so yeah so that's how i've myself and many other people through research have known this whole COVID thing exactly what's going on like two weeks in i'm like it's to vaccinate everyone including children right because yep. they have to tell you well yeah doing. and let me explain that to you real quick why they're doing that's the new mark right that's the that's them upgrading their mark that's all they're doing they're just upgrade. They're taking it from a piece of paper and a digital number, and they're inserting it into you and sucking the life out of you at the same. They've already sucked the life out of you with your social security number. This is nothing new. Like this is nothing new. This is all, you know, part and parcel, man. It's all, you know, par for the course. So you're right. That's exactly what's happened. Oh, okay. Well, man, there's so many questions I want to ask you. Um, and I know your time is limited. So what I'm going to do is throw the kitchen sink at you. You come back with what's most important. Okay. So you talked about something that's important is getting out of their system, right? So that's, you know, the birth certificate, the whole thing, just understanding that, you know, they're creating an illusion. You're like, I'm not playing in that. I'm outside of it. They will give you pushback. That's why you have to have knowledge. And I've equated this to martial arts. You you we're all looking at this from law. So I'm looking and I'm watching UFC and I'm in the nice start to learn punches and kicks and what the rules are um and so you need to kind of have a bit of a, a knowledge before you can go into this ring but when you do you're like you don't even need to go in the ring and you're like i'm not going to participate in that you right. know you're like I'm, I'm fully outside of this like that's your scenario i'm going to be over here but it doesn't mean they're not going to try to drag you in for their lack of ignorance and that's why you have to have that that knowledge and that understanding um right and so 
Um, so you have a website. Uh, we're, we're in the True Freedom Law Summit as well. There's a great Telegram group there people can go on. And there's some other ones. Alfonso stuff is great. Um, there's some other great teachers out there. We've been trying to tell Alfonso, like, get out of the system, you know, because Christopher Gronsky, um, same thing with the state national passport. So everyone is learning together. And um, so if people want to learn more, they can check out um, processes and things like that. And that's going to be uh, something I want to ask and just let people know if they can follow along and keep learning because I want to know the exact how to, right? And you're working mm -hmm. on some stuff, some education there. But the big question that I wanted to ask is that when you're talking about the upgraded system, right? This is the thing that f hits my mind. These buttholes have been successful every time, right? Mm -hmm. Each time they're successful. So what's going to make it different now um, that we're going to be able to either like some people, like millions of people have already taken this mark millions, mm -hmm. hundreds of millions. Right. So is it like a split? Like, and, and, you know, is, and this is, is this biblical? Cause I've heard the 1611 King James Bible is a contract on the planet. Everyone that I've interviewed is a very spiritual person, right? So, so many people are resistant to it. It was like, no, you use that as an allegory or whatever. Maybe it's a split. Does it share how things go and say, Hey, the good and the righteous under God are going to avoid that because we, we know in our hearts and our souls, the difference between right and wrong. Mm -hmm. Right. And then we're being deceived and manipulated. You know, it doesn't take much to realize something is wrong, you know, and the only difference between like me and most people that I've like met and interviewed is like, I didn't have the awakening. It's just like, something is wrong here. You know, you don't see this, like something is way off. Like we're supposed to be like kind and intelligent and, you know, the apex species and 9 million people die of starvation. And, and you got to do all this. Like, this doesn't make any sense. We could really improve what's happening here, you know, totally. and realize, Oh no, it's architected like this. Mm -hmm. So why are a few architecting it like this? So the question I want to ask is, and I think about these guys have been successful every time they want to go, an institute 2.0 system revamp right because we apparently we wake up every hundred years or they try to revamp it every hundred and every hundred and twenty or something like that so with bolshevik revolution and all these times they've been successful are you confident we'll be successful or do you see it as a split or how do you see it yeah totally um so the bible is definitely something you want to go to 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 look for answers because it's there it is the playbook it is the architectural book yes i totally agree with that this yeah, is this Sorry to cut you off, but do you have a specific version? People get into that. Do you? Have well, yeah, it definitely has to be the sixteen eleven version if you're going to use it. Um, you know, in the, in the law sense, definitely the sixteen eleven version because that's when they rewrote it. That's when they said, okay, well, the plan has changed. You know, we're going to write this thing this way. Um, so God is definitely separating the wheat from the chaff right now. So those taking the vaccine are the, are the chaff, right? The wheat is His people. That that's been a common symbol in the Bible as the wheat. That's why you see like around uh, uh, like Israel's flag has the wheat, uh, the UN flag has the wheat, okay? Because they're claiming to be the people of God, right? But they're not the people of God because they're not doing this for God. They're doing it for their their God, which is the, you know, the satanic thing and all that. Um, so yes, we're definitely going to see some dark times. It's coming, okay? And there's going to be a lot of death. Um, but those of us who are the wheat, are not going to experience that. We are going to push forward and we're going to create the new earth. And that's what we're doing. And we're doing that. So there's waves. Okay. They're, they're just like troops in a, in a, you know, a raid, you've got waves, right? Well, 
I believe that I'm part of the first wave. That's why I woke up 12 years ago, because I'm part of this first wave. And there's a wave behind me and a wave behind that. And we're coming, you know, and we're coming, we're coming up. And what we're doing is we're dismantling this thing. Um, getting to people one is, well, how do I get out of the system? How do I get out? Of the well, let's clarify some things because that's a misunderstanding. You're not in the system. You were never in the system. Your entity and your organization and your property is in the system, not you. You are missing. You're not there. So you have to step in as the owner of the property and make a proper claim. Doesn't matter if you do it verbally, you do it on paper. Everybody, this is why people go, well, there's so many different ways to do this. There is. But at the end of the day, what is this that you're doing? You're making a claim on the property and you're foreclosing other people, you're, you're taking certain steps to foreclose other people from being able to make a claim and apply their stuff to that property. Okay, so that's what we do at uh, privateestatetrust.org on uh, REM, private management slash House of Marcus website. You know, I have, but I have a document that I use. I It's it's a big document, it's thick. I, I use a trust and I use a power of attorney and a declaration of status, property and obligation. That covers everything. Like. There's no more declaring it. And, and this gets used, like in my case, it'll be used in that case. And I record that in the public. Now it's different for each country because here we have um, particular laws like the Uniform Commercial Code could be used. Some people use that. There you have the PPSA, Australia has the PPSA. But it boils down to property. What property, right? It the name is property. Everything is property. I've got an attorney on his website. When I was looking up the, um, I was studying usufruct. It's called. It's this particular um, legal device or theory, so to speak. It's called usufruct. And when I was looking at, it, I was an attorney, and he was explaining how usufruct is used in real estate. And he said in there, everything is property, even a court case. And I was like, exactly. It's all property. Who owns it is the question. And when we're in these legal situations, they're assuming that they have the, the right to use that property or the right of ownership of that property. And that we're just the ones that have the ability to use it and benefit from it. That's, that's what usufruct means. Usufruct means use of the fruit. They're saying that we, we have use of the fruit, the apple, right? They bit the apple up. Oh, you got use of it now. Now you're in trouble because Satan owns it, right? We're flipping that around and saying, no, 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 no. We're the owner and you're using it and you're doing it illegally, right? Or unlawfully. So that's first for people to try to understand how you achieve that can be done in multiple ways. There's people out there doing it in multiple ways. Okay, but keep in mind, you're not freeing, you're not leaving the system because you were never in it. You are taking the property back that the, that the system has created and assumed ownership of, okay? Birth registration cannot be revoked. Social security cannot be terminated. All right. And people say, oh, no, that's not true. Well, yes, it is true. If you terminate your Social Security, you're actually not terminating. All you're doing is saying you don't want the benefits, but you don't you can't terminate the account. It, it will it'll always. So what does that tell you? You don't own the account. You don't own the birth registry. The state does. What you do own is that given and family name. 
okay? Actually, the given name, the family name is owned by the family, but still they don't own that. You own that and you own whatever pledge was given to them to create those accounts in that birth registration, all right? That's what you're taking back, okay? Once you take back the pledge, I pledge allegiance, you know, once you take back that pledge, now you've taken ownership and control over that property, okay? That's what we're doing. That's what's important. And you can foreclose them from doing anything with it at that stage, at that point. I hope that makes sense. That's a lot more, uh, in my opinion, a lot more clear than people's understanding of um, I'm in this system. I'm in this system. It's not you in the system. They know that. You know, and they're also trusts. Remember, these organizations, these countries are trusts at their core, trusts that create corporations and act through the corporation. But they are trusts. Like the countries themselves, the governments are not trust. They're not corporations. You know, the Canada is not a corporation. The United States is not a corporation. It creates corporations and it functions like one. But their core bylaws are a trust. And the more that we keep saying they're a corporation, the more they have to hide behind. Because in a corporation, you can do whatever you want as long as you resign. You're not the agent you're not liable. It's like Enron or one of these big corporations when they do all these horrible things to people in the earth and the corporation gets sued, the corporation has to pay all the money. CEO's not paying any money. He's not losing any out of his bank account. He's not going to jail because he could just resign and there's no big deal. He didn't do anything wrong. He's not the agent for the company anymore. You're suing the company. It's the same thing. You're suing the state and although you're trying to go to the state and that is a corporation created from the trust. The trust is first, then the corporation. So a corporation, a trust steps in and creates a corporation called the state of, right? Or it creates a municipal corporation called Washington, DC, those types of things. So when we go at them, we want to prove that I'm dealing with the corporation that the trust has created. And you'll hear people say, you want to get their oath of office. You want to get their oath of office. Yes, because that's the trust part. Once you have that oath of office, you have proof that they're in a trust fiduciary position over the public and that they cannot arbitrarily act as this corporation to injure you. That's why the oath of office is so important, not because the country is a corporation, but because it is a trust. So these are more clarification points that, you know, a lot of people want to cut my head off when I say the United States is not a corporation. Canada is not a corporation because they're not understanding that they have corporations. They have created corporations, but at the root, they are a trust. It's all about the understanding and the, and the, interpretation of these things, which there's a lot of misinformation out there. And it's good because it's waking people up, but in terms of practical use, it fails. And it fails because there's not enough legal concept behind it from the, the person who understands it has, doesn't have enough of the understanding of a legal cons of the legal concept behind it. And it fails. That's why I don't use that stuff in my you know, like in my court case and all, I will be bringing up that the corporations have attacked me because I've got their Dun & Bradstreet number, you know, period. But that's because I'm also bringing in the trust 
behind it and saying, no, no, I'm in the trust. You're in the corporation and the corporation has damaged the trust. There's now we have a problem. All right. So, and this is where people talk about if you've seen people that are really big into equity law, equity law, equity. Well, go on US legal and look up law of equity. It says, you know, law of equity is the natural law. It says that when there's a conflict between the statute law and the common law, the equity law prevails. That's what we're looking at. Equity handles trusts, estates, wills, things like that. So we want to be in the equity, but we can't get to the equity unless we prove there's a conflict between the equity and the common law. So again, these are all legal concepts. Um, For people to really start taking action, just start looking at these pieces and, and get yourself a law dictionary and just look up these words. Any word that pops into your mind that you think you know, look up in the law dictionary. Just look it up. It might not even be there, but if it is, you're going to go, oh, now I understand how the legal world sees this. Because if it wasn't a different language, it wouldn't need a law. It wouldn't need a dictionary. And would it's you a, go? Would you go with fourth uh, edition Black's Law, or would you go for, with Bouvier's or either? Because I heard go that right. The five, six, and seven in in Black's Law are a little bit different, or is it just better? Or what's your take? Here's on that? the thing. Yeah, there's that theory out there. Um, the fourth, the reason the fourth edition most that people like is because it's before they removed the references to the common law. So they removed a lot of references. However, the sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, and tenth, they're all still good, right? You can go right on just Google legal definition of. That's what I do, legal definition of. Now, when you a lot of times uh, you'll pull up free law diction or free dictionary.com and they have a law section. They have Bouvier's at the bottom. If that definition is defined in Bouvier's, just scroll down the bottom. It's in a gray box, right? Text. Uh, the text is black, but it's in a gray box, text box. And at the bottom, it says taken from Bouvier's 1856. So you can go right online. Just Google legal definition of. And I always suggest cross-referencing definitions just to see, you know, what the actual difference. Sometimes I read a definition over and over and more times than, you know, anybody wants to (laughs) but when i'm done i understand the concept now now i understand what like usufruct people are what's usufruct look it up look up the definition then look up examples of it go online see what attorneys are saying get a well-rounded knowledge of this one word because once you do your power level just went up a little higher and a little higher. And it's like playing a video game. You're just collecting those coins and your power levels going up and up and up until the point where you're going to get, you know, uh, a TKO, you know, because yeah, you're just going to knock it out. You get these hundred coins and you get like the, uh, I think it's the raccoon in, in uh, Mario. You know, that was the best suit. I think the raccoon one where he has a little tail. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, you like level up in that game where they're trying to get you down here, but you get to fly up here for as long as you want. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it, well, sorry, when you, I was just going to okay. say about the importance of the law dictionary. Um, that's the thing. People think that they're using English. It's not the definition you think. And they have a private society. They have, they're using deceit. That's why it's Luciferian and satanic because they're right. deliberately trying to deceive you. So you agree and consent and they take all your stuff. So, um, and it is confusing, right? And, can, and I think it's deliberately confusing. And then there's different teachers, but you got to look at who's getting results 
right? Um, you know, the, the evidence, the same with like martial arts. I like the example because you can have all these theories. Is karate better than this and that? Well, then you go into combat, one wins, right? Mm -hmm. And that was uh, Dean Clifford's thing about common law, right? You know, common law courts or things like that. I don't, I don't have all the answers. I just have a lot of questions. Um, but Dean Clifford would say, well, why would you use common law when it lo loses all the time, but equity always wins, right? And so it's just, you're going up to a little bit higher, a little bit higher understanding because you want the result. Right. right. Nobody thought Brazilian jiu-jitsu was going to be the number one thing. It's like, well, I'm going to punch you in the face. And then you know, Hoist Gracie takes everybody down and like breaks their arm. Like, what is happening here? You know, it's like, they can't stop it. It works. And that's what right. we're talking about. So yes. um, it is a journey for people to understand. Know that there's people out there working on it. And, and it's like kind of mandatory knowledge. You don't have to stop your whole entire life, but start chipping away because this has to yes. be the first wave to help people um, become accountable. And a friend of mine, you know, just has a small ticket and uh, you know, she was uh, uh, months ago was, was talking about the world, the state and what's going on. I said, start looking at the laws. Like this for me is a remedy. If I started like six or seven months ago, I'm a little bit further ahead. I'm still kind of confused uh, looking for solutions, but I'm further than I was right now. She has this ticket and she's no further along because she didn't do anything right and now right. she's like thinking about it trying to figure it out right away and it's like well this is a real world example but if you have that knowledge then you can help someone else and someone else and some someone else because what they're doing is they just want you to uh lay down and lay that's down. how this whole thing you just lay down and you comply right and so you know it, if and when that time comes you're going to have that understanding and the more of us that have that understanding of you are free. And that's why like Christopher Gronsky on here, he does the state national and destination freedom is like, no, you're free, you know, start there. You are, you are a free being here. And mm -hmm. what are they trying to do? So you, this probably was taught back in the day, you know, you're free. And this is, you're going to, if somebody does something sketchy in, in your local community or, or um, what do you call it? Like uh, council or whatever they have your mayor, just go hold them accountable. Your, your school board holds them accountable, but everyone's so passive, so distracted, so sedated, no one's getting held accountable and we forgot how. And so starting yeah. from there and just realizing it's going to be a little bit of a journey. So I know you, you got other stuff, so feel free to share anything you wish, embellish, but uh, I'll just let you know that it's 1230 now. So in case you got, thank you, you got to you get prepared to kick some butt in court. I, your email to me was so funny. It's like, sorry for the delay. Um, you know, I got pulled over, you know, went to jail and <laughs> you're like, they have no idea what's coming. And I just, I laughed. <laughs> out loud I was just like that is so funny <laughs> it is man because like, um it's like trapping you're... a wolverine you know it's just like and it's got all its function you're like oh hey little fella i'm just gonna pick you up and take you home i don't know about that <laughs> right exactly you may pick me up and take me somewhere but it's not gonna be pretty in the end <laughs> yeah and so i wanted to a couple of things that, that you had said um you know i, I want to touch on the waves you know um for those people that are like, well, how am I supposed to know all this knowledge and protect myself? You know, your job right now is to, like you said, just chip away and stay in faith and not fear and keep asking your guides to protect you through this until your time to step up in the wave that you're in comes, right? Because the first wave is taking is going to make it easier for the second wave. The second wave is going to make it easier for the third. So we're going to get there. It's going to bleed back. Okay, I was put on this 12 years ago because I'm part of the first wave. So we are creating ways, but you need to step up and do your own, uh, you know, stop being blind. Like you said, you know, hold these people accountable. 
but you have to do it with knowledge. You have to have a plan when you hold someone accountable. You can't just go in there accusing people. That's the thing. You have to know, right? You've got to be able to, to do it with knowledge. And many people have this idea that I can't understand the law. It's so complicated. You can read and write. You can understand the law. Okay. The thing is, is there's no one book out there that's saying this is what the law is. This is what the law isn't. Right. So that's where it's hard because we're kind of like, where do we begin? There's so much, you know, one of the reasons I'm so, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, threatening, so to speak, to an opposing party is because I've learned the law from a global perspective, not a boxed in one section, fill out the form, do this, do that which is what attorneys are taught, right? Follow the form, follow the process, follow the form, follow the process. But they're not given much in the way of substance of law, which is why my attorney friend came to me after 20 years because he's like, dude, I've been practicing for 20 years. He's like, the shit you know is mind-blowing compared to what we're taught. We're not taught any of this stuff, you know? And he's right, they're not, you know? So you have to have a little, you know, I'm not going in there to cut this guy's head off on Tuesday. I'm going in there to basically expose what needs to be exposed and make sure that we reach the next level of exposure and righteousness and fulfilling the law. But I'm not necessarily there to cut his head off. If they keep proceeding on me and making mistakes, they're unfortunately going to reap what they sow, but that's on them. You know, I'm giving them notice along the way. And I, I have been, even from this uh, initial um, arrest i gave them notice 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 actually the officer pulled a notice out of my i keep up i got a little pocket notice i call it i made it the size of a credit card and it's a one page asseveration that i've recorded in the county and um it has my picture on it it has my it's notarized and it basically says you know your 14th amendment citizenship and law merchant citizenship which is commercial law status is hereby denied done but I have reverence for you. It says that in there. You have great reverence for, for your position and all that stuff. But however, contract law, pff, denied right here. It's a notice. Well, a notice when you put it to the public is really important. You put a public notice out there. That's called a constructive notice. That means that the, the world at large has been noticed, but not anyone actually noticed, right? However, the fact that this is on there shows your intent from the date that it was filed way back when. So when the officer takes my wallet under unlawful search and seizure, which is what he did, and he pulled out my notice and he's like, what's this thing, man? He's like, oh, did you get this off the Internet? Did you print this off the Internet or something? I said, well, uh, yeah, actually, I printed it off of the record that is filed in the county that I can get off the Internet. And I printed it off my computer because I wrote that. And what you just did was solidify the fact that you now have actual notice. I said, so thank you for notify. Thank you for accepting my service of process. He's legally noticed. He pulled it out. He read it. He asked me about, it. he has a duty to understand what that public notice means. He doesn't, he thinks it's some sovereign citizen stuff that got off the internet. Puts it back in my wallet. Okay, great. Then proceeds to read me my rights. <laughs> like, you're, that's, brother, I said, and, he, and I'm, you know, half cock smile on my face as he's reading. I got my cuffs on. I'm in his front seat because the dog's in the back, you know, and I'm, 
She's smiling at him. He's reading, reading. And he's like, uh, you have a right uh, to remain silent. Uh, anything like, like he had to struggle to read this thing. And I just, he got done. I said, well, thank you, man. I appreciate that. I said, but you're just a little bit too late. <laughs> I said, you're about two hours. Because <laughs> he's supposed to do that as soon as he says, I'm not free to go. He has to read me that. He's supposed to read me that. See, but they're told, no, you don't have to do that under Terry versus Ohio. You have the right to do that. And these guys are ill-informed and they're ignorant. They have no clue of what their actual job procedures are in terms of the trust. They only know what their job procedures are in terms of the corporation. So that was really important. But yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's all tied together, man. Um, but yeah, I do. I have to get going but i do want to let everybody know that those of you who are just waking up to this stuff don't get into fear that is the biggest message and i remember this when i was waking up fear was the biggest thing at that time and the lesson that i was shown from my guides was no fear no fear no fear just trust just trust just trust okay great and i mean for those on the spiritual end who aren't real familiar with the law like I'm very familiar with psychic ability of all kinds. I have many, many people around me with those abilities that have given me messages that are repeatedly the same messages or similar from different people. So it's not like I have one psychic that's telling me, oh, this is who you were or was or this or that. No, no, no. These are messages that come from multiple people and they're all the same messages. So I'm very well connected and know who exactly I am, who I've been and who I'm going to become, you know, and I'm firm in that. So I don't have fear that everything's going to end because I can't end. You can't end. No one watching this video can end. Your physical body can end. But if you're not afraid of dying, what else is there? Expansion. Because dying is limited. Well, I'm dying, man. Death. I'm dead. I'm done. No, you're not dead. You just go into a bigger expansive phase. It's the same thing. So now, granted, I'm not saying I want to walk around and, you know, jump in front of a car or something like I don't want to cause that to happen. I've got work to do, you know, but um, but I don't fear that this vaccine or whatever and all this stuff is going to kill me. I just if I'm meant to die, that's what's going to happen. I'm not in control. That part I'm not in control of unless I do it stupidly and, and selfishly. But other than that, I'm really not in control. of it. So don't be in fear. Keep educating yourself. Um, feel with your heart which way you need to go to be safe. Ask your guides, you know, please show me the way. Please show me the way. And look for the signs. Everything that happens in your life, you, you probably see 15, 20 signs a day and don't even realize it. Look for them because they're there. Every single day you get a breadcrumb, a breadcrumb, a breadcrumb, a breadcrumb. And it tells you where you need to go and what you need to do. But if you're not looking for it because you're too busy in fear and you're too busy worrying about what they're going to do and oh my God, look at what the cabal's doing. If I see one more stupid post about what they're doing, I'm going to lose my shit because that is nothing but a distraction. You know they're doing this. What are you going to research to fix that? Forget about researching that they're doing this, they're doing that, they're doing this, they're doing that, and putting it all up all over your, you know, social medias everywhere and all that. What about what you're going to do so that they can't do that? 
that's what's important to post and look at, in my opinion. That's why I don't do social media. It's too much of a distraction. It's too, you know, fear, 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 fear. So anyway, that's about it. That's all I got for today. <laughs> Amazing, brother. Well, I absolutely loved every minute of it. And I, the one part reminded me of uh, Mark Passio's quote that says, order followers, keep the system of slavery in place. You know, it's like people are unaware of that, but it's good because they don't have the power once you understand it. So you have to take account accountability and ownership of your own knowledge of who you are, you know, as mm -hmm. a free spiritual being under God. And then it, unfortunately we have to get through a lot of deception, um, but that's a part of this growing up process. So we can get to that next level and we can empower ourselves and then you can help people, right? Your process is allowing you to help people. So this is the first more challenging wave. It'll get easier. So take that accountability, um, you know, for who you are and, and what you know and do your best. And I, yep. we had, um, you know, Professor Dolores Cahill on and, and her solution was to just challenge one person in authority at a time. So yep. whether it's the school board or the situation you're in and you know in your heart that something's off, right? What, who's telling you? A principal, a teacher, a, a person in a uniform. If it's wrong, it's wrong, right? So you challenge one person at a time and, and you figure out what's going on there and you look behind the scenes a bit because even if it's like an infraction, the worst thing you're going to do is you're going to pay some money. Cause you lost, yeah. but you're going to learn a lot. It's not like, you know, the end of the world. Um, but that's, what's going to re be required. It's pushback because they require your obedience. They require you to just lay down and die when you are incredibly, you know, powerful, magnificent being, um, you know, with freedom, God gave dominion to land, air and water to man. So we need to reclaim that because they will assume and presume you are their slave. So, uh, yeah. And, and they will push back on you with, well, this is the law. And they'll make you think, oh, maybe, maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. But they don't know what they're – they only know it from their perspective. There's a whole other perspective here we just haven't looked at or learned yet. So that's really a lot of it too. So, yeah, I agree, man. You know, Stand up and, and say something. You don't have to do it ignorantly. You don't have to fight because fighting is not the right way either. You don't have to fight for your rights. You already have them. You just have to know how to assert them. It's not about fighting for them. If you're fighting for them, that means you agreed that you gave them up. Right. You didn't give them up. Yeah. You're just asserting. So, so where do people uh, find your work if they want to stay in touch? Um, we've got the Choose Freedom Law Summit people can check out. There's a great Telegram group. There's other ones from, you know, Alphonse and different people just, you know, picking this apart. So if they want to follow your work, uh, where can they go? And are you going to be sharing a little bit of the process so people can follow and model it and and yeah, I, um, so privateestatetrust.org is the website, and uh, it's behind an NDA um, because, you know, this is all about a public and private. So the law, as we think, right, the statutes and codes that we say don't apply to us, applies to the public. So I don't put my stuff out in the public like a lot of other people do because that falls into the jurisdiction of the public. I don't want it there. So I put an NDA up that we sign, and everybody's behind the NDA, and that protects us all. Um, my YouTube is, there's not a whole lot on there, but you can go to REM private management, uh, YouTube, there'll be more. And yes, I will be explaining this process more on, or at least the process that I do on my website. I have templates, uh, under our services page there, uh, pro private processes. There's a template that I use to establish my record. Once my public record is established as to who I am in relation to everything on this earth, including this organization, it includes my uh, trust declaration and includes my power of attorney and all. I stand on that. That's what I use. Then I turn around and I start notifying, hey, attorney general, 
you know, here's what I want. You know, anybody that tries to inject me with anything or force this mandate on me, I am going to immediately to the Nuremberg Code and I will prosecute internationally under the Rome Statute. As long as your country is part of those treaties that accept that, which most of the big countries pushing this are part of those treaties. You know, so here we can use the Constitution, things like that. But in other countries, you can use the treaties that they've signed on to and say, no, no, no. The Rome statute says this is a crime against humanity. And the um, uh, what do you call it? The uh, Nuremberg Code says this is a war crime and you can't do this. It's it's against the rules. Sorry. So I use my document my power of attorney declaration of status as my footing here's who i am i am denying that i'm either this or not this and you now have to prove that i am just remember if you make a claim you gotta prove it that's the law i don't make claims i deny them that way the other party has to prove it well you prove it then i shouldn't say i don't make claims there are times where i make claims however I'm conscious of which claims I'm making, which ones I'm denying. So anyway, that's just some, some food for thought. That's where people can reach us. We have a ticketing system now um, on the bot. I don't know when you'll be airing this, but if it's after tonight, it's probably a moot point. But um, I have a, I just put up a post on our homepage, which isn't locked under the NDA, where people can actually join the webinar tonight, go over my arrest, see everything. The link and all is on there. Um, and feel free to forward that around before tonight, because I'm sure you won't have this up and produced and all. Um, maybe you will. I don't know. You're probably you're like well, we're, Superman we're with on, this stuff. We're on Rockfin and, and Odyssey, and I'll put it around the Telegram groups and, and where I can. But yeah, yeah. The, yeah. So privateestatetrust.org at the bottom of the homepage, you'll find our ticketing system where you can email us or quote unquote ticket us and we'll get the email. Um, and then also you will find the link to tonight's webinar. It holds a thousand people. So there's plenty of room. Um, I say there's plenty of room. There might not be. Um, and I'll be going over my entire rest and explaining to people how they can participate in that if they want to, if they want to participate in helping me um, bring this stuff to light, because I'll have an affidavit that says, hey, I watched, you know, these officers and what they did. And, you know, it'll say certain criteria that if you get it notarized and sent back to me, I can include that in my evidence. And what a greater way to do that than to show people that, hey, you know, we're united force. Um, I'm also asking people to show up next Tuesday in Greensburg, Kansas, to support me at my court hearing in Podunk, Kansas, that the court probably only holds 50 people. But you know what? I have a feeling it's going to be mobbed and they're going to see something they've never seen before, which is so many people showing up in the public to support this. So if you're in the Kansas area, you want to come out, come on out, you know, next Monday or Tuesday, sorry, July 6th at 1.30 for my arraignment. <laughs> <laughs> amazing well uh yeah i appreciate you and all your work and, and laying the groundwork so people like me can accelerate that process and so uh i invite people to check out the webinar tonight it's going to be invaluable check out the law summit just you know pick away and there's great people in the community they're very honorable people right that are picking away so you don't have to do it yourself you know um that's the important thing and so just appreciate you laying the groundwork for us Thank you, man. I appreciate you having me and spreading the word the way that you and Beth are. I think it's awesome. So many people have come to me and said, I saw you on the, you know, the Choose uh, Law Freedom Summit and all this. It's just phenomenal, man. Great stuff. Awesome. Well, we'll do it together. It's a beautiful community. So thanks uh, for all your work and uh, I'll see you tonight too. <laughs> all right, man. Okay. Sounds good. See, see ya. Robert. Okay. Bye guys. See you later. See ya. 
there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the absolutely phenomenal Robert Michael. Uh, feel I highly recommend you check out his site. Check out the Choose Freedom Law Summit. If you Google that, I still have the links on my website available. Um, he was one of the speakers, really has a high degree of knowledge, and this is one of the ways that we uh, uncover the system and regain our power because we need to know how we are being deceived and what they're doing. So I highly recommend continuing to go down this rabbit hole. Check out the Choose Freedom Law Summit. Check out my, uh, Robert Michael's website. If you like this show, please share it as far and as wide as you can. Uh, every social media platform, in Messenger, whatever you can do to get the, support, the show out there, leave a review. And for those of you guys who want to go a step deeper and you want to work with me and you're really wanting to make a difference in this world and connect your clarity and power and life purpose and then use all the peak performance tools to manifest and architect that reality and, and also um, experiencing fearlessness and resilience, uh, hit me up mattbelair.com forward slash coaching. I can either send you things like the soul compass, the quantum heart hypnosis, some of the Zen athlete training, um, or one-on-one -on -one and group coaching. They're all ways to support you in your journey for you know working together and diving deeper. It's been an amazing journey this year, just watching a group of people really just transform their lives and, and getting connected and really engaging in the path. It's not an easy path, but you know you're on it. And that's a, that's a night and day difference for many people. So if uh, you're interested in that, hit me up, matt at zenathlete.com. I'm happy to share some details with you and check out our sponsor, The Good Inside Pure Body Extra. It is a heavy metal detox. And with it, the more I learn about food, the more I realize how important this is. And now I've supplemented it in my diet to counteract all the heavy metals that I'm getting through various foods. And uh, I recommend checking it out. You can get a $50 discount or even get it for five bucks, depending on where they are in their promotions. But you go to thegoodinside.com forward slash Matt B. M-A-T-T-B. And uh, yeah, you'll either get it for five bucks or 13 bucks. It's really nothing to test it. So I highly recommend it. They have tremendous products and I'm grateful to uh, have a new sponsor. So that's it. Uh, thank you guys for listening. I'm wishing you all the best wherever you are in the world. And let's uh, come into a state of peace and coherence. Oh, if you haven't joined the membership yet, please do. MattBelair.com. I uh, would love to have you in the members area. You can do so by donation or for free for exclusive content and uh, all kinds of goodies in there. So, um, all right. So wherever you are in this world to stop what you're doing take in a deep breath in through your nose hold that breath and let it out slowly filling every cell every muscle and every fiber of your being with peace joy contentment empowerment enthusiasm courage inspiration and energy to enjoy the rest of your day so thank you so much for listening and we'll see you in the next episode